It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. This is the Locked On Auburn Podcast, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. Zach Blackerby, Michael Pappas, Painter Sharpless, both of these gentlemen from ESPN 1067. And this just in, Auburn just scored another touchdown on Mississippi State. Painter, it's not surprising, right? I think we saw this coming. I think this is what Auburn needed. They were the better team and they showed it. I definitely did not see this coming. Um, I thought Auburn would win, and, and rather handily. I thought the game would look more like a, a twenty-eight to nine. I think that was my official score prediction. Like I, I didn't think it would ever be in in doubt. I, I this was just a complete butt whooping. It was bad. I, I mean, you know, I said it all week. Like I, I thought it would be ugly. It was a bit uglier than I thought, especially early. I mean, you blinked and it was twenty-one to nothing. Like if you were late to Jordan Hare Stadium, you got to your seat. Auburn yeah. was already ahead by three touchdowns, and you know, Joe Moorhead talked about you know you can't spot Auburn twenty-one points or whatever. You know, he said that at the half, but it, even then, it still would have been what twenty-one to like six or twenty-one to three, something like that. Like you were still getting handled, so. I mean, you can blame the you know the the turnover on the kickoff return all you want. Like that is not why you lost. You lost because like Mississippi State is not a good football team, and I think Auburn's offense is coming into its own. Was Mississippi State's defense stellar by any means? No. You even could argue that it was bad, but still an SEC caliber team because they're in the SEC. And uh, I mean, this is just a. I think this is kind of the next step in the maturation of a very young quarterback in Bo Nick. So I think Auburn fans are starting to trust more and more each and every week. Statistically, Mississippi State is not a good defense. And I think what we saw is that holds up against Auburn. But it was also a really good sign for Auburn because they haven't looked that sharp all year. And I think in seasons when Auburn has been really successful, you've seen about this time of the year, about this time of the season, Gus Malzahn's teams tend to take off. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, just the throws. The throws are getting there, and Bo Nix is getting more comfortable. Mississippi State's pass rush was not there. I saw some people talking about Auburn's offensive line. They played fine. They played really well. The matchup was kind of in their favor, but I don't think, you know, a few weeks ago they play as well as they did Saturday. I mean, you can say uh, I don't want to take anything away from the way that they played because, you know, on paper that they're better than this Mississippi State front right I, I agree I mean, it's very hard to dominate someone yeah like I thought they played really really well yes you could say like they should have come out and, and been better than the d-line yeah that's true they still went out and did it mm-hmm. I think they exceeded expectations with how well that they played um I, this was just a dominant performance Bo Nix goes over 300 yards passing and 90 percent of it is while he's standing in the pocket which is a new thing for Bo yeah and you know, he's definitely gotten better week to week, and I feel like every week we sit in here and, and we have questions, 
talking heads have questions. National media has questions. And every week, Auburn comes out and answers it. I mean, the big one this week was, can Auburn pass the ball? I like it certainly seeing, seemed like it. I like seeing the players' interactions. They really seem to be playing together. Mm-hmm. And I really like the dynamic Coach Malzahn has. Essentially, he is the head coach of the team, but especially the offense. Right. Kevin Steele has the defense. And they're sort of doing their own thing. And it's, I think it's working really well. We're seeing this in the NFL, too. A few teams have moved to the system where the defensive coordinator essentially has full autonomy of everything defensive-related. And the offensive coach, the play caller, is on the sidelines. And, and again, we've seen two weeks in a row now some really good play calling. And to your point about Mississippi State's defense, they aren't very good. However, Tulane, Auburn didn't execute well in that game. Mm-hmm. Auburn was better than Tulane. But it didn't look like that. We haven't seen Auburn look like that in a while. I mean, that was... It is starting to get closer to what it felt like in 2013 and 2014. And at the time, remember what a lot of us said was, if they had a defense to pair with this offense, they would be a legitimate top 10, perhaps top 5 team. And now it is starting to feel like they have that. The biggest question for that to to come to fruition, Painter, I mean, it's... Can this offense consistently do what they did this past Saturday night? Can Seth Williams continue to find that much space? Can can guys like Sal Canella or Will Hastings step up when they need to? Can Anthony Schwartz continually win on the deep ball? Can he do it on the rushing game? You know, eventually a team is going to take away the speed sweep in the outside run. Maybe, you would think, but that's the biggest question going forward is can this offense continue this consistently and do it on the road in Florida this weekend? Can they do it in Baton Rouge? And then can they do it at home against Georgia and Alabama at the end of the season? That, that's the big question, right? Yeah, I mean, execution, right? Against especially, I think that they are better than this Florida team. I think that they should go and cover. I know people will point to the swamp. Yes, it's going to be a tough place to play. It'll be. There will be I don't a, think it's going to be close. There will be a lot of, but I think Auburn is significantly better than this team. I don't see Florida moving the ball up and down the field. I do think Dan Mullen will have a good game plan, and he's just a good coach, so I expect them to score some. But I don't think that this Florida team yet, much like Texas A&M, I think they're a year away. I think Auburn has better talent, and they're executing better. Markwell Harrell has been blocking well. Yeah, The offensive line has looked better. Um, again, I, I don't think State had a very good defense, but that's okay. You still went out and bullied them, and that matters. I don't think Florida's defense is leaps and bounds better than Mississippi State's. They've got some excellent corners, and I, I think they've got some better athletes. They're going to blitz a lot. It's, it's going to be a good matchup, but I, I just don't think their offense yeah. can can sustain with Auburn's if it's playing the way it was. And I think a few things stood out, too. Like any team, you need some good luck with injuries. Auburn just doesn't have much depth at offensive line, so I think they're really flirting with danger on that position group. They just can't really afford to have many injuries right now, if any. Mm -hmm. And then Seth Williams has to be healthy, in my mind. Now, they got some alternatives, and I thought Schwartz did some really nice things in the sweep, which helped with the run game, and he looked good on a couple of the deep balls you just mentioned. But to me, I think a potential weak point for Auburn could be an injury to Seth Williams or anyone on the offensive line. And and Schwartz's relevance in that outside running game has already paid dividends because they're sending him across the formation, you know, just to draw off defensive backs. You have to acknowledge where he is. It worked, yeah. 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 I think I saw one play on Twitter uh, that someone said there was a video or something where uh, Schwartz came in motion and didn't get the ball. And the guy had said that it was like, about four, four different yeah. defend. It was four different defenders that went with Schwartz. You have to, and then they they did whatever. Um, 
Painter, I think that's a great point. And you can – the question of who's more important to this offense, Seth Williams or Anthony Schwartz, I don't think you have a clear answer because uh, – I think the answer is clear. I mean, they're, they're both important. Like, Seth Williams is – I mean, Auburn hadn't had a guy like him in a long it's, time. It seems like really? if there's a guy yeah. that he can just throw the ball to, and Bo Nick's a good – I mean, one of the ones that I thought was one of the prettiest plays of the game, I can't remember what quarter it was, but I want to say it was in the second half because Auburn was up big, and he threw the ball to Seth Williams, and Seth caught it between the defender's hands, fell on his back, contorted his body. It was a beautiful throw yeah. right by the pylon. He stays in bounds. I mean, everything about the protection was good. If that, if they can give Bo Nix that sort of protection, he can deliver that sort of deep ball. And Seth Williams with a defender draped over him can make that catch. That's starting to get into the territory of like there's not much a defense can do about well, that. Well, that's my thing is I feel like Auburn for the past several years have had the guys that can make plays. They just haven't been given opportunities. And Bo Nix is letting guys make plays. That's what stood out to me when you go back and watch the 2010 tape of Cam Newton. He threw the ball high and allowed guys to go make the play, whether it was Darvin Adams or Terrell Zachary, who, you know, who, whoever. And you're let you're you're seeing Bo Nix give his guys a chance. I mean, there were several receivers that I think had next level talent, but they never were given the opportunity to to win one on one matchups. I mean, you're you're you know you're Tony Stevens and uh, Marcus Davis. I mean, those guys have gone through, and it's like those guys had just as much talent as some of these other guys that are succeeding, but they never got the chance to do it. And I think with Bo Nix at quarterback, Schwartz has a chance to do it. Eli Stove has a chance to do it. Obviously, Seth Williams, Will Hastings. I mean, these guys are now getting open, and they have a, a signal caller and a guy that, that is able to throw the football and actually get it to them. It's, 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 we, we haven't seen this in a while, and it's worth getting excited about. They gave him some attention and some credit Saturday. They showed Coach Dillingham in the box uh, upstairs. I think it's mm-hmm. time that he starts getting some credit here. Gus Malzahn is calling a really good game. Absolutely. And so he deserves credit for betting on himself. And about halfway through the season so far, he's looking pretty good. But Kenny Dillingham, I think, has allowed their game planning and especially their adjustments to take a different level. I think this team has been different. In the second half, they showed some aggression, throwing the ball with a big lead. That was big. They they had Joey, I love that. They had Joey Gatewood in the game for essentially the entire fourth quarter, getting him meaningful reps. I mean, like, can you call those meaningful reps or just more reps? I think they're meaningful for a Do guy you? that's played and how many snaps against Texas A and M? Like, yeah, the game ten the, maybe the maybe game had a little meant, more than that. but like to play a full quarter even though the game was over, I think that's meaningful. Now I hear you're like, I can kind of see what you're implying here. It's like, well, well like the game's over. You're but up by forty, so it's like, are you sure it matters? I mean, more reps, much? obviously, the better. I'm not, I'm not discounting your statement. I'm just asking the question. I think they're meaningful when you're playing a full quarter. Okay, but I can understand how you're saying. Well, when you're up forty, you're taking kind of some of the pressure off of Joey Gatewood. It's like if you mm-hmm. throw an interception, well, they tried to get the ball to him in the passing game. Uh, yeah. I mean, Mississippi State kind of sniffed it out. It's one of the few plays where they were kind of all over. Was it, that a, a a rendition of the Philly special, basically? Because he took it like it wasn't a trick necessarily. Because Bo Nix came back off the it sweep. Looked, it looked similar, like it was the the Cam Newton touchdown catch against Ole Miss in 2010. It looked really similar to that. It was the same. It was to the same side of the field too. And I guess we've seen like Ryan was, da- like Ryan Davis has had this play called for him, right? Yeah, he, like a double pass, right? Yeah. Or yeah. Anyway, it was. I want more. It's of fun. It. I want yeah, one of those fun. every I mean, week. I, I think Kelly, Kelly, Kenny Dillingham does deserve some credit. Gus, Gus Malzahn deserves a lot as well, as he's the prim, primary play caller and essentially the 
you know, the head of the offense. But I think Dillingham has added something that we haven't seen in the past. Well, his title is offensive coordinator, which should have quotations around it, but quarterbacks coach. Yeah. And the quarterback play has been outstanding. So yeah. absolutely. I agree with you. Give that man some credit. Derek Brown the is a freak. Derek Brown is un- like He's just getting better and better as the season goes on. And there yeah. was a play where him and Marlon Davidson tracked down Schrader. Schrader, I think, is going to be a good quarterback. By he's the going way. to be I a problem down yeah. the road. Like yeah, by the time like he's him. a junior, if they amass a little talent, like that's going to probably two years from now. It's probably going to be a good game. I don't know him. how Tommy Stevens got the start. I don't know what they saw. To well, get him maybe to Tommy Stevens is made of glass. Like I, I feel bad for the guy, but I, I said that during the game, like because this was a different injury. Like he got a different injury in this Auburn game. This is like the fourth, yeah. It's not like he got like, guy hit. Was he run. was getting like the hitting went I mean, down on. Like you can understand, but like your point is also it's like every time he's gone in and they're like, all right, he's pretty much back to normal. It's like and he's hurt again. New, and it's a new injury. It's not like he's re-aggravating the same one. And you can't say the guy's not tough. I, I mean, know. the guy seems pretty tough. Like, yeah. If you're playing Division One football, you're probably tough. Yeah, I, uh, like so that's that's a like a big, unless you're who Michael, who's not tough that plays Division One football. Painter. Whoa, whoa, whoa! I don't want to say that someone anyone is not tough. Who am I? Who is it? You're talking about Sal Canella because he's softer than the toilet paper. I dude, use. your boy went up and got yeah, one. Yeah, I was though. gonna say he had a nice. Yeah, uh, he had, he had nice... one nice catch. <laughs> he even got a phrase it that way. <laughs> They were complimenting his blocking downfield, and I was like, wow. He's a one-lick wonder kind of guy. That's my biggest issue with him. Yeah. I'm like, wow. The guy, the, the 6'5", 240-pounder, managed to block a 5'10", 175-pound defensive Best hair back. on the team, though. Best hair on the team, and it's not close. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one-selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30, get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. Hmm. Christian Tutt on the return game. I'm, I'm happy with that. I mean, he's constantly putting, like, the offense's first possession, they, they started on, the on, like, 30. the 30. They were on then, the 30-yard line. And then it took one play for them to get there. But, man, it's just, I don't know. This team's coming together, man. I, I really just, think the Florida game's like going to be a beatdown. They look like they're having so much fun. That, Winning I is think, fun. matters. Yeah. I think that matters that not only are they hitting their stride, they seem to, like, I loved seeing the offensive players celebrate together. I loved on turnovers. Also, speaking of turnovers, Auburn had way too yeah. many of them. Mm-hmm. Oh, like, oh, yeah. They're going to have to, like, a bunch of them also. They did, and that, so it sort of evened out. But, like, yeah. they had not, in this until this game, been particularly good at doing that. Correct. So I don't know if you can count on LSU, Georgia, and Alabama, especially the latter. Maybe. Think of a Florida in that list, too, for now. Yeah, you know, Florida is such an an interesting. Florida's in an interesting place, right? Because they haven't lost a game yet. But but going into last week, a lot of Auburn fans would have said this, and and nationally, I think this was definitely the feeling was Auburn's not really the number seven team in the country. And now, for the first time, with with the best resume and a dominating win against a conference opponent, you're starting to get a vibe of maybe Auburn is on to something here. But with Florida, I think they're still in that same realm of like, yeah, the, the the number ten team in the country. But who else would you put there? And it's sort of like I I think. That's fair for Florida. I'm not, I, I, don't, I think it's ridiculous that Auburn is not ranked higher than seven, and I think Florida should be higher than where they are. So, who, how would you rank that then? Because, like, I Auburn I understand got three first place votes. I I do think there's something to be said. You know, this is a debate that we have about projecting who you think will finish as number one versus 
we're five weeks through the season and the yeah. team with the best resume is at number seven, which is kind of what you're saying. Right. I mean, I think because the poll that matters is going to be the college football playoff poll that, that's going to come out here soon. Mm-hmm. And I think if you're a poll voter, you should do the best to emulate that. But the thing is, like, I, I think if the, the playoff poll came out right now, the one that ultimately matters, I think Auburn's in. I think Auburn's a top four team based on there because they love teams that have played someone. They value that over anything. Uh, I agree with you, sort of. I just, my, the, 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 really the only reason that I don't really care that Auburn is ranked number seven is because I don't really think that you can sit here and say that you know Auburn is better than really any of the teams ahead of them. But you can't say that about any of the teams ahead of them either. At least Auburn has played people. Yeah. I, I And so I, the big argument that I saw a lot of the AP voters say yesterday on Twitter when they were kind of justifying why Auburn was where they were was because they're going to lose to Georgia and Alabama. Which, if you're going to rank them on the assumption they're going to have at least two losses by the end of the season, why are they in your top ten to begin with? It's just a major inconsistency for me. Yeah, as far as you can't project, you can say, okay, they have the best resume in college football right now, and they should be rewarded for it. And as of right now, they're saying, I don't care if they have the best resume in college football; it's not valid. And I think this brings us back to the point of why do we have rankings? Like this is an overarching. So we can talk about yeah, and it's like why do we have (laughs) rankings before? Because like this is a even better conversation to have when literally no one's played like two weeks before the season sure. and outcome. And it's like, well, yeah, Alabama is going to have one of the best rosters and you, it's on a weird level of like, they've, they've been so dominant over the last 12 years that you just know they're almost certainly going to win 10 games. Is Clemson still number one? Alabama's number one. Yeah, yeah, Alabama's one, and they should be because I, I, I like Clemson will almost certainly. I don't see them stumbling this season. Dude. They may have another close call. Oh, but I don't know, man. They do not look very good. They don't look like the same. Like, and, yeah, and they're and they're fortunate that they're not playing a whole lot of good. Let's people not this forget year. how much not only talent they lost, but also like Auburn is seeing this. I think in a year where they have a lot of seniors and a lot of guys who chose yeah. to come back that wanted to be here, and were like, I could go to the NFL but I could come back and see if it can be better. And like, they want to be here. And it's not that I, I think Clemson's missing some of that. It's not just that they lost a bunch of first round players. Yeah. It's leaders. I think they lost a lot of like as corny as it sounds. And it does like they lost a bunch of first round attitudes. I know that's like a Butch Jones thing, but it's like, it, it does life, baby. It does sort of like right now. I'm, and I think they'll get there. I do. But right now I think they're missing that. Let me ask you guys this. And Somebody tweeted at me uh, yesterday asking, is there any chance that Auburn could be last year's Clemson? And I think there's a lot of similarities. I don't think Bo Nix is Trevor Lawrence from a year ago, but he's getting better. He's getting better. And, you know, you got a veteran offensive line. You got a veteran defensive line and a stout defense from top to bottom. Is there a chance of that? I think there's uh, no. I, I think the a few things are different here. One. I don't think that they have quite as much talent, but I don't think this, the difference is huge. And then I also think Clemson just did not have to go through it. And maybe it will make Auburn better if they just lose the, like say they lose to LSU and then basically it's a repeat of 2017 without the the non-conference loss to Clemson's because mm-hmm. you beat Oregon. Then that's kind of what become it, 2013, and really. It, and it's more impressive in a way what Auburn, it, I, if they get through that, I think 
it's more impressive than what Clemson did with the freshman quarterback. Well, yeah, last I mean, year. look at 2017. I mean, they were ready to put them in the playoffs with two losses. They were what number two in the country in that rematch in the SEC championship to Georgia. I think Georgia was fifth. You know, and, and if Ohio State drops one or Oklahoma drops one, I don't think Alabama is going to lose too many. But you know, I think Auburn has a chance to win the Iron Bowl. And if Clemson, you know, lo- loses like they probably should have to North Carolina, I think two a two loss Auburn team has a chance just because of the schedule. I think it depends on which two you lose to. I think uh, I think you would need one of those two losses to beat you need, LSU. Yeah, you need some things you can't to lose go to your Georgia way. and Alabama right. at the end, right? Okay, I got a couple of things. First, Sweet. the <laughs> original question: the answer is no. They can't be last year's Clemson. Um, two reasons. Painter touched on one of them. Uh, the first reason is because last year's Clemson team had four players on the defensive line that went in the first, what, 35, 38 picks of the NFL draft. They might have all gone in the first round. I don't know. And on top of that, they've got three or four wide receivers who are going to be first-round picks, and Trevor Lawrence, who's going to be the number one overall pick, Mm -hmm. and Travis Etienne, who's probably going to be like a fifth-round pick, but he's a very good college running back. Yeah. Right? So, I mean, just that alone is – ridiculous yeah they're very talented yeah 100 and then and then they played one good team right the whole season before the playoff and so it's like when you give a cakewalk through your schedule and that's one of the reasons that i feel like they're they don't look very great this season so far is because they probably feel like they just don't need to try that hard mm-hmm. which unfortunately is probably true yeah so it'd be dangerous long term for them correct too. yeah and so we'll see if they uh you could argue that they should, I mean, they definitely should have lost to North Carolina. They didn't look good against A&M. And you've said a couple of times, Zach, that, that Auburn has the best resume in college football. Do you still think that after this weekend? Who's better? Who has a better resume than Auburn right now? Um, well, so the A&M win is impressive. They went on the road and, and beat A&M, but A&M Barely getting by Arkansas. They look slow, but I, I would caution, like, give – I think they're going to end up losing five games this year, but yeah. I also am not overreacting to them playing a sloppy – and like, it was too close. A&M yeah. is way better than that Arkansas team. Why was that game that close? I think that their season is starting to feel like it's over, and so I'm not surprised that they came out kind of meh against that Arkansas team. But, but to your point, I agree that I don't think the A&M road win is as valuable – as it could have been at the time, but who whose whose resume is still better though? Uh, could you say Wisconsin, Michigan, mm-hmm. and who else have they beaten? Well, they just beat Northwestern. I think partially it's just more about what they've done than yeah. who they've played to this point because they really have not played like super impressive. Like I guess Michigan, Michigan. like Texas A and M, I think by the end of the year is not going to like when Auburn beat Texas A and M nationally. It was a nice one. By December, when they've got five losses, that that will be sort of. Could you say the same thing about Florida this weekend? I think Auburn's going to beat Florida. I think Florida's going to lose two or three more times. I think Florida will still finish second in their division, though. So that's fair. Now they may also probably have. I think they'll have four losses. So it's like I think Florida's going to end up a top ten team with two losses. Auburn and Georgia. I don't okay. know who else they're gonna, who else they would lose to. I they they've dropped a few to Missouri, and so they may be on oh, their yeah, guard Missouri's for that one. But I think bad. it's possible they could lose there, and then depending on the matchup in the bowl game. So I'm projecting a little bit because I wouldn't bet straight up on Missouri currently. I mean, I I think you say LSU with just that uh, winning in DKR, beating Texas at Texas um, when Texas looks like a top ten team. And then 
Notre Dame beating I mean Georgia beating Notre Dame at home. That's I mean that's a big win. So, Florida has LSU and Georgia too, so I think they could lose to all. Oh yeah, okay. The NCAA tournament is almost here, and listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. So looking, uh, looking now to basketball, because we're almost, oh, we're almost out of time oh. here, but we got to give basketball some love. Sharif Cooper becomes the highest-rated player, according to the 247 Sports Composite, to ever commit to play basketball at Auburn University. It's kind of, the writing's been on the wall for a while, so it kind of makes it not as exciting, just because it was kind of assumed it was going to happen. But Bruce Pearl is putting together a squad, and squad. Uh, there's, uh, there's been a video that's kind of been going around where it's kind of cool. He he told the team like they were all they were at gathering. Bruce's house, I believe, or yeah. they were at one of the coaches' houses. It looked like Bruce Pearl's house, if you know what I mean. I mean, it was it looked very Why? nice because it was nice. I showed it to Lee. I'm like, watch was there this. a barbecue outside? <laughs> Good joke, actually, and you know, I think uh, I think he'd take that one too. I think he'd take. I that wish one. you guys just saw the look that Zach and Baker gave. It's like, man, still too soon. Still too soon. You well, cannot, it's like not a thing. Like it's a problem now. So yeah, just that man is perfect. Just don't diss that sweet, <laughs> sweet man. But yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, it, it was pretty cool though. I mean, you, you could tell he's already kind of getting that family feel. And he did an interview with Jeff Lee of um, of Auburn rivals and just talking about you know the family atmosphere. It's t- typical Auburn recruit stuff. But for him to he didn't do the announcement on Twitter or anything. He did it in front of the coaches and in front of the current teammates and. I, you don't see that a whole lot. I Did think everyone I was, go crazy? Yeah, it was awesome. I'm surprised you hadn't seen it. Yeah, it's oh, nice. it's it's pretty cool. I, I believe it was on Babatunde Akingbola's Instagram mm. story. So, but it's probably out. Someone probably put it in a tweet. So it's probably still up. Yeah, there. I, I saw it on Twitter. But yeah, pretty cool. Pretty cool. Then obviously tip off at Tumors is going to happen on October 17th. They're just going to put a a basketball court in Tumors Corner, and the men and women they're going to essentially just kind of play basketball in front of the fans cool, is kind cool, of what cool, it sounds cool. like. I think la- last year at least, because didn't it, it get out, sk- it like that? So I think they've got like a three-point contest. I want to say there's like going to be an intramural like three-on-three ordeal where like yeah. the, the, the winners of that will get to play before the team, if, if I'm remembering correctly. Yeah. Auburn's made a decision to care about basketball, but we're still having to learn what that looks like. You know, as well, a as a culture and a don't, community. Don't sleep or forget about Isaac Okoro. Like this is a guy that I think – is a fringe NBA player this season, but he there's a lot about him that you can compare and, and Bruce has done to Chuma's recruitment, kind of where he fell in that four-star, five-star, and then mm-hmm. ascended as a college player, and he's not shied away from that comparison. So I think, one, they talked highly about his defense and his physicality. Um, he'll, I think, be the freshman that starts this year for Auburn. I think other than that, the other freshmen will be role players. And then perhaps he comes back for year two, depending on depending on the kind of season he has. And you've got Sharif Cooper and Isaac Okoro and those role players with a year of experience are all coming together. This is an exciting well, time for Cooper Auburn Cooper is coming next year, right? Yes. He's yeah. a 2020 guy. Yeah. yeah. So if, there was talk about him reclassifying for yeah. a while. He, that did not had, happen. Yeah, he had kind of shut that down. So I, I think you'll probably end up seeing him next year but Auburn's got a good like if they can be a team that finishes in the top four of the conference 
and wins their, you know, gets to the second round of the tournament. I think that's the goal for them this year is to at least win a tournament game and be in the top four of the conference. I don't know. I I think the goal, I I think Bruce Pearl would tell you this. And I think Auburn fans, when they choose to care about something, they expect to win. Almost to a fault. (laughs) So I don't know. I, I feel like they should expect to be one of the top two teams. I mean, who's better? Kentucky and Florida are both poised to have good years. Tennessee will be fascinating because, like Auburn, they lost a lot. Yeah, Georgia will have perhaps we think one of the best players to come to come into this year's draft. Alabama looks to be seriously competitive, probably a top half of the league team. Mm-hmm. So I think there's some real competition for the first five spots, and Auburn may very well have it. He mentioned this last week during his press conference. Weird combination of experience: bunch mm-hmm. of seniors, bunch of young guys. Like that could work out really nicely halfway through the season, and Auburn's non-conference schedule is not super overbearing. Right. So I think there's reason to think that they could be headed into conference play with a really good record. And uh, it was pretty cool to see that they gave Charles Barkley a Final yeah. Four ring, so he finally gets some hardware. Good That's for okay. him. You guys thought that was cool? Loved it. Of course. You're, here's the hot take, isn't it? No, it's, it I, it's lame. It's lame because he's not on the it's team. Lame. It's like, yeah, the guy that was a, a national ambassador and one of the top 12 greatest basketball players of all time. He happened to go for some reason to a school with no history. Yeah, I think based on the amount of recruiting he did for them on TNT and preach, give him preach. a ring, dude. Let him be a part Woo! of this. Let's go. I, all I was going to ask was. Did you think it was odd that they gave him a ring? Obviously, no, you don't. Absolutely Obviously not. You don't. Give him two rings if he wants. If he wants an extra one, give it to him. I don't really care whether or not they. Give I don't him think you do either. I just want you to know that <laughs> no, I think it I was a reasonable thing to do because that guy's giving back to Auburn in a big way. Uh, get gonna, him, King. Get him. Gonna, Michael, gonna, where can people find you and hear you? Uh, follow me on Twitter at Couch Potato. I'm at Paint Sharpless eleven to one. The lunch break, Justin Ferguson and me. I'm on Twitter at Z Blackerby. The show is on Twitter at Locked On Auburn. This has been another edition of the Locked On Auburn Podcast. It's the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. The NCAA tournament is almost here, and listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.